How about do your own thing? Because Amen. We're still on our Christian family and marriage series. Glory be to God. Now, the word of the Lord we said must be first place and final authority in our lives or in your family, in your life. Must be first place, final authority. Amen. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. The word of God is the constitution of the kingdom of God. God rules or governs his kingdom by his word. Amen. And um, our marriages and our relationships are governed by the word of God, ought to be governed by the word of God. When there are conflicts, the basis of resolution should be the word of God because a conflict means that something is out of place. Hallelujah. Something is out of place or about to go out of place and someone is pointing it out, we resolve it or realign things in line with the word of God. When something is wrong, we go to the word of God and find out what God's opinion concerning those things are. We're not supposed to feel our way through. We're not supposed to go with what the professor says. We're supposed to go with what the word of God says. Now, you may learn, like we said, you may learn other things that might spice up your relationship that may not necessarily be contrary to the word of God, but they are good. Hallelujah. I may help you. Glory be to God. Like I said, that um, team packs are not written in the scriptures, but you can visit them if you like. Um, restaurants are not written in the Bible necessarily, but you can visit them with your spouse on Valentine's Day if you like, or whatever. Glory be to God. Now, we also said that your relationship with a Christian family should be Christ-centered, all right, and kingdom advancement-minded, without which you are always going to be dissatisfied. If the spiritual, if you guys don't, uh, are not in sync spiritually, there's going to be a conflict. A dissatisfaction will be there. That's why you find out that in relationships where this one of the spouses are in church and the other isn't in church, there's always this thing going on that uh, until there's an alignment. Praise the Lord Jesus. Part of it is that you must have eternal values as the overriding consideration. Uh, Jesus, what would the Lord say about what we're about to do? Amen. Hallelujah. And you should attend church regularly. You should seek the kingdom of God, encourage one another in the things of God. Now, where this, where this relationship is a Christian relationship, all right, you encourage one another in the things of God. If one is feeling spiritually lazy, the other person will encourage that one. Amen. Pray for that one. We pray for one another. Strengthen one another in the things of God. We also said that under the Christ-centered relationship and kingdom advancement-minded driven uh, or minded relationship, you attend church regularly and together and participate together. Win souls together. Have Bible study at home together. Hallelujah. The Bible tells us to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And the things that the Gentiles seek after will be added to us. Amen.
Number three is that we should love. Amen. Love has to be deliberate. It is intentionally directed toward the object of love. In this case, your spouse. Uh, God expects us to love the people we marry. Uh, that we don't necessarily have to fall in love before we marry is good. But whether you have that or not, the Bible requires us to love the people we marry. It is not necessary to be in love before you marry, but it is compulsory by God's standard to love whom you have married. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, at the center of love is God. The Bible says that he that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. And we say that love, uh, if love can be taught, then it is no longer a feeling. We said that love should not be, is not a feeling. Love is a, is, a, is a deliberate thing that we do toward people. Amen? Um, be willing to acknowledge and ask for forgiveness when you were wrong. That's number four. Um, number five is that we should be reasonable, be humble, be mutually submitted to one another in the light of the word of God. Amen? Mutual submission only has to do with the word of God. Glory be to God. Humility in mutual, in mutual submission is in the context of which if anyone comes up with the word of God in a situation, all other people are supposed to submit to the word of God. Because if somebody who's younger than you in age uh, brings up a, something from the scriptures, you're not supposed to disregard it just because you're older in age. Praise the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Or that the husband, because he's in authority, uh, and your wife brings up scripture that says that what is going on is not of God or what you're trying to do, you're supposed to humble yourself and submit to the word of God. That's where there's mutual submission in the church. That's what the Bible talks about. Amen. Hallelujah. Number six is one that we said that we were going to um, revisit, right? Because I was going to give you a scripture. Amen? The Christian family should identify with a local assembly of believers where they will be fellowshipping regularly and be obedient to the spiritual authority as ordained by God. Hallelujah. In Ephesians chapter six and in verse one, it says, children... Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Children, he's talking about spiritual children. Obey your parents in the Lord, in the Lord, for this is right. So he's talking about those who oversee or rule over you or take care of you or brought you to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ or are discipling you in the things of God. Those who God has put whom you are under their oversight spiritually. Praise the Lord. Verse 2 says, Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. Now, this does not stop, okay? You should still honor your biological parents, amen? Uh, because the promise was originally made concerning that. But where God was going was the spiritual parenting without disregard for the natural parents, Amen? Verse 3, that it may be well with thee, that thou mayest live long on the earth. 
Hallelujah. That it may be well with thee. Sometimes we have problems spiritually because we disregard the people that are in authority over us in the Lord. Or we despise their authority. Now, let us go to Hebrews chapter 13, verse um, 17. Now, obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves for they watch for your souls as they that must give account. That they may do it with joy and not with grief for that is unprofitable for you. He said, obey them that have the rule over you. This rule he's talking about has to do in the house of God. Those who are, have been given oversight uh, uh, concerning you by the Lord. Amen. And in doing this also has to do with counseling. When we go to receive counsel from, for, from the Lord, hallelujah, what should be our attitude when we go before uh, the house of God to go get counsel from a minister? Because when you do that, and this is why it's good to be in a particular local assembly submitted to the authority that is there, they get to know you and you know them, praise God. Sometimes people are counseling you without knowing who you are. They don't know, they don't, you know, like in the natural world, um, usually doctors, when you go to them to treat you, want to get your medical history. They want to get your file. So because two people can have the same symptoms, but it came from two different sources. Praise the Lord Jesus. You could have um, uh, an elbow pain, and it actually came because your spine was misaligned. Maybe you were sleeping with a high pillow. And so you were, it was misaligned, but you're feeling the pain right uh, 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 at your elbow, you know. Um, but you don't know it was coming from there. Praise the Lord Jesus. Now, some other person may have had a history that had broken his arm or bone, and it was not well set at the time he was being treated. And so he needs to go for another surgery or the Lord heals the person. And so when you're looking at these two things, without the history of what has happened, you might just be diagnosing the wrong ailment. Praise the Lord Jesus. It is also the same thing when you are dealing with people who know you. This is why most of the time, God does not send people to you that don't know you. They're going to be in your environment. Hallelujah. I'm not saying God can't send prophets who are, or teachers from other, you know, the Holy Spirit knows you. But sometimes when it comes to counseling, uh, 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 you, don't, you don't just go and somebody starts talking to you that's not your pastor. Praise the Lord Jesus. All right? In Deuteronomy chapter 17, which was the reason why I went here, verse 8, it says, if there arise a, a matter too hard for thee in judgment between blood and blood, between plea and plea, between stroke and stroke, between uh, being matters of controversy within thy gates, then thou shalt arise and get, up, and get thee up into the place which the Lord thy God shall choose. In that day, it was the temple, praise God, where the priests did service, where they ministered. Today, what you have is the church. Amen? The gathering. Now, the church is not necessarily a building, but where the gathering of the saints 
are. Next verse. Hallelujah. And that's why when he says storehouse, he's talking about the church in the book of Malachi chapter 3. He says, and thou shalt come unto the priests, the, the priests, the Levites, and unto the judge that shall be in those days. Now, it's, it's important that the, that, that the Lord here in speaking said, the judge that shall be in those days. And inquire, and they shall show thee the sentence of judgment. And thou shalt do according to the sentence which they of that place which the Lord shall choose shall show thee. And thou shalt observe to do according to all that they inform thee. According to the sentence of the law, which they shall teach thee, and according to the judgment which they shall tell thee, thou shalt do. Thou shalt not decline from the sentence which they shall show thee to the right hand, nor to the left. And the man that would do presumptuously and will not hearken to the priest that standeth to minister there before the Lord thy God unto the judge, even that man shall die, and that shall put away the evil from Israel. Now, we are not living under the law, we're living under grace. But we are living, we're not lawless people, we are people living under the law of Christ. And the Bible does tell us that the law was a shadow of things to come. Praise God. The law was a shadow, which means that it is, every shadow has a main object that is casting that shadow. Is that not true? So this is why when you hear the Apostle Paul speak sometimes, he says things like, and so also says the law. The law is like something that does not, has a shape, but you don't see the features of it. And the Bible tells us that this law has been put in our minds and written on our hearts. So we do naturally the law which people are given to as rules. So before you go to meet a, go meet a minister to counsel with you, and when they pull out scriptures and say, let us see what the word of God says, that's why he says they shall show thee from the law. They shall show you from God's word what God is saying. And when God says to do something, don't presumptuously get up from there. I'm going to do your own thing. Because remember that before that person's relationship ran into a conflict, it was a conflict of the word. Either somebody's being unreasonable and the other one is saying, look, what you're doing is not right. And you should... Not all the time, but most of the time, it might be coming from the fact that the man is an authority and he feels like he can do whatever he likes. And the wife is trying to say, look, this is not how we do stuff. We didn't get married like this. You, we, we were getting married. You said you were a Christian. And I believed you. And we were in church together. I met you in church. How come you're acting right now like you don't care about what God says? Hallelujah. So, and both of you now decided to go for counseling. When you go, now I know you're the one telling the men some of this stuff and it looks right from your perspective and you go and meet the pastor and by the time you sat down with the pastor, the pastor pointed out to you that you were the one who destroyed your relationship and brought it to where it is. 
You shouldn't say this man of God does not know what he's saying. Uh, then you go and, it, and listen, it becomes worse when you go to another man of God and they tell you the same thing. Then you get up and rebel. You go to another one and they tell you the same thing. Then you decide that all these people, something's wrong with them and then the enemy accommodates you with a false teacher. Maybe at the fourth or fifth person you go to, they tell you, you're perfectly right. I understand. Hallelujah. Number seven, a wife must understand that the husband is in authority and respect him, adapting herself to him, deferring to him, submitting to him. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter five, verse 22. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Hallelujah. We're going to stop there because we're dealing with the wives. Amen. Now, why am I, why am I um, separating these two things? Remember that the Bible says we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Remember this. On the day of judgment, Jesus calling the church, everybody's going to stand alone. You're not going to stand with your husband. They're not going to do that. Because remember, there are no husband and wives in heaven. All right? God, will, you will stand. The wife will stand. And the wife is not going to be judged on the basis of what her husband did or didn't do. Is that not true? I want you to pay attention to what I'm saying. This is why I'm compartmentalizing what I'm saying. God is not going to say, wife, stand. Uh, there are only two things you can do. You can either be accusing your husband of being the reason why you're in the mess that you're in, but which does not exonerate you. Praise the Lord. And then you say, he says, the wife should submit herself to her husband. God is going to be looking at you from the perspective of your submission as it has to do with your husband. Amen. Some wives submit to every other person because she wants to get every other person's support that they will condemn her husband along with her and refuses to submit to her own husband. And when God, when Jesus wants to look at it, he's going to look at it from that perspective. Amen? Hallelujah. I just wanted us, I wanted to point that out. First Peter chapter 3, verse 1. He said, likewise ye wives be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, he's talking about somebody who's married an unbeliever, or both of them were unbelievers, and one got saved, and the other is not yet saved. He says, if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. Hallelujah. While they behold your chest conversation coupled with fear. Fear. What kind of fear? The fear of the Lord. Amen. Whose adorning, let it not be that outward adorning of the plaiting of hair and of the wearing of uh, uh, gold or putting on of apparel. Praise God. Now, but you do know what he's talking about here. He's not saying you shouldn't wear clothes. Amen. <laughs> it, it means that, and he's not saying you shouldn't wear gold. 
What he's saying is that don't let that be the thing that is about you. How you look, your clothing, your accessories. Whoa, they're well put together. That's not, it shouldn't be your thing. Hallelujah. And we're going to go to what is important. The next verse. But let it be the hidden man of the heart. When he says hidden man, and he's talking about a woman, he's talking about mankind. The hidden or the inner man, the hidden man of the heart, in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. Now, if you're quiet in your spirit, you're likely to hear from the Lord. You'll be able to be led by the Spirit of God. God will be able to tell you what to do in a particular situation that you may please the Lord. Amen? And that the wisdom of God may come to play in a particular situation where other people are running all over the place. And if you're quiet, if your husband is going the wrong direction, you'll be able to say, uh, honey, that's, you know, I, I've been listening to you. The Lord says we should do this. And then when he hears what you're saying, uh, if he's a man that understands and knows the voice of God, he'll be able to know what, I, what you're, the counsel you're giving him from the side. Is, is of God or not. He might be trying to fly off the handle and when you say that word to him, it will help him. 